630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers and Blues tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show game at 7. You heard from Colton Pareko in the last half hour of the show. And then on Saturday night, 6.30 face-off show, game at 8. Once again, it's the Oilers and the Flames. Now, the Oilers have called up Tyler Benson, uh, Benson and William Lagason from the Bakersfield Condors. First time Benson's been called up. Leads the Condors, 35 points in 42 games. Played in the AHL All-Star Game. Second round pick of the Oilers, 32nd overall in 2016. Lagason was with the Oilers, well, until a few weeks ago. And this is because Joachim Nygaard on injured reserve with a hand injury blocked a shot late in the first period last night. Chris Russell, defenseman, has been placed on concussion protocol. Benson might very well might play tomorrow. We'll see how it shakes out at the morning skate. Uh, Lagason, I would expect Jones would go in ahead of Lagason and play with Benning. But uh, again, we'll find out more tomorrow at the morning skate. So significant news there. I know for most of you probably that uh, Benson is coming up. Yamamoto's come up, done uh, really well. Benson's been playing well in the minors. Now he's going to get a shot. NHL this evening, Devils lead the Predators 4-3 in the second period. Early in the third, Canadians up 2-1 on Buffalo. Later, Kings meet the Coyotes. Basketball tonight, Raptors up 190 with five minutes left in the fourth quarter against Cleveland. I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports, always a thoughtful and entertaining guest, there you go, Jed. I have set the standard. It's former Edmonton Eskimo Jed Roberts. How are you doing, buddy? Not bad. Hey, no pressure there. Yeah, you know, don't have to live up to anything or anything like that, Reed. Well, it's always fun to have you. And uh, while you are here, I do encourage people to uh, send a text if you have a question or a comment for Jed to 780-496-0063. We're taking your Super Bowl predictions tonight since it's our last Inside Sports for the Super Bowl, so you can text those as, as, as well. But I know I often hear from people when I have somebody like Jed in, uh, oh, I wanted to, I wish you would have asked Jed this. Well, text me while while he's here. And as long as it's not, you know, something too personal, yeah. I'll ask the question. Yeah, keep your PG rated, <laughs> keep, folks. Keep PG questions. Well, yeah. PG 13, it's after six. Yeah. Um, Battle of Alberta. Let's Well, let's start with the hockey game last night. I mean, everybody's still talking about it. 4-3, uh, shootout, great game. And one fight we thought could happen happened, and then the other one <laughs> involved Nugent Hopkins and Monahan. I don't know if Nugent Hopkins has a death wish or what, but uh, you know he you have to really admire the guy's moxie for you know going right at the guy. Uh, you know he just started throwing right hands, and at first I was like, does this kid even know what he's doing? And then whoa, he got like three good hits on. When's the last time you saw an on ice battle of Alberta that had that much? of all of what we saw last night, you know, all the emotion, all the, you know, I guess you could probably st- honestly say there's hatred there now, yep. again, between the two clubs. And, you know, I, I was listening earlier, it was t- took a listen to your show a little bit earlier about McDavid being really angry about the, the mm-hmm. skate, hitting his skate from... Yep. Uh, Giordano. Yeah, you know, I mean, and those guys know better than, you know, and that, that's probably a little bit of a carryover from last year when his knee, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, he's probably, the guys are taking runs at him and, 
you know, those guys, it, when you have a rivalry like that and you see the emotion coming back, and it's just all due in part and parcel to the fact that the Oilers team is, is um, relevant again. You know, they're valuable. They're, they're, they're actually in the mix, and, you know, they're hunting for a playoff spot. So it's really fun to watch. You know, when I first moved here back in the day, way back when, 1990, you know, I was just, I watched Messier, first regular season game, skater on the, the ice with the, with the Stanley Cup. Right, and I didn't really know what that was all about, right? So, and I just thought, well, yeah, it's going to happen again. Well, little did I know, right? You know, it never happened again. You know, they had that run there back in the middle of the last decade, but you know, we took that stuff for granted for so long. It's just nice to see that kind of passion coming out in that rivalry because you know, Calgary and Edmonton, there's no love, love lost there at the best of times. So, well, and you mentioned hatred, and Cassian said after the game, good for Kachuk, but I, but I do think they pretty much hate each other. And do you think Kachuk? I mean, you were an ex-athlete and would have had felt challenged or felt in your career like you needed to step up at times. Do you think... I loved what Cassian said in the paper after. He said, you know what? Let me give you a few minutes to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you really? Are you sure you really want to do this? Because, you know, everybody knows Cass, and the people joke online about, oh, you know, they're in different weight classes. You know, actually, they always only about six pounds to separate the two guys. It's just that Cassian's a lot tougher. More experienced fighter. And more experienced fighter, right? But, I mean, I have to take my hat off to Kachuk. He answered the bell, you know, and he didn't have to. I think, you know, he probably would have gotten his man card pulled if he hadn't. So I don't think he really had much choice. <laughs> <laughs> Jed Roberts uh, in studio tonight. Were you ever in a, an actual fight or swing a fist in a game? Because in football, you just get kicked out. Oh, all the time. I was just really, really kicked out. I was just really, really sneaky about it. You know, I had to take my shot. So I never got a penalty called on me for, for punching anybody, but I punched several people. You know, you have to really kind of take care of yourself out there. Uh, guys were holding and refs weren't calling it. Then you had to come up with something. Otherwise, they were going to keep holding you. So, yeah, I'd, take a, I'd sneak a shot in the jaw or, you know, somewhere else. And but but you're doing it during the play, though. During the play. So it looks not, like you're not, battling yeah, you can't for... really do that in football. I mean, That's it's really kind of... That's Football's so physical. Yeah, as it is. When... It's almost counterproductive, you know? <laughs> like, you could, you could hit them the next play, you know, if you really wanted Legally. to. Legally. Legally. Or, or, or disguise. It's easier yeah. to disguise something. Yeah, but, but, so, but in football, you're go, you could go up against the same guy, sixty plays. Yep. I mean, it would have been possible for Cassian and Kachuk to never be on the ice with each other yesterday. Yeah, true. Po- like possible, but and I think that's something that Kachuk was very eloquently pointing out. You know that why would I fight this guy? He's not even a top. You know, he's not even on the top line. So at the time, and he he had a point really. So, but Cassian's played his way back in, and uh, Kachuk had to couldn't run from him anymore right so there weren't any more excuses and I think Kachuk knew that so that's one of the things I really love about hockey is that uh, when I, I, I've spent some time over the years with several NHL players Gary Younger the, the original yep. Ironman from St. Louis I just it's fascinating to hear them talk about the game within the game and and I think that's why hockey is so well is so beloved because there's so many nuances more so than I think a lot of other sports because you know, those guys, they play night in and night out, and, and there's so many different things going on at any given time, and it's just a very, it's pretty cool to watch that. So, I mean, there's things probably that were going on there last night that we'll never know, you know? I, I love how you put that, and I think you, you played football, and, and we've had so many good discussions about the little things that go on a, you know, on a football game, too. And just purely as an observer, I've always thought, Football has so many nuances to the strategy and the play calling. I mean, one thing I always remember is I had Damon Allen in here a few years ago, and he said he called a play. I can't remember who they were playing. I don't. I don't think he was with the Eskimos anymore. But he said I called a play in the first quarter, and I knew that if we used that same formation but ran a different play, 
it would be a touchdown. Yep. But I didn't call it till the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, that, so he's yeah, sitting on that, that the entire game. Whereas yeah. hockey is is it's a game of kind of momentum. With the, you know yeah. that little bit of extra work ethic, being yeah. willing to show your teammates you'll block a shot or take a hit. I all think that hockey is a lot more the momentum thing because mm-hmm. of the ebb and flow of the play of the game, you know, and the skating and all that. Football is a lot more strategic, I think. Um, I had the same thing with the Battle of Alberta in '95. I knew that Doug Flutie was going to call a certain play, and it was a play that he only ran out of one formation, and I knew at some point in the game he was going to run it against me, and I don't know why. I think he thought there was something, but sure enough, he ran it, and it was a counter, and he used to run it out of uh, trips, sorry, quads, which meant four receivers on the weak side of the field and one receiver on the strong side. They didn't run any other play out of that set. So when I saw it, I said, oh, here it comes. Oh, no, it was a trap. Okay. And I blew it up, and we stopped it. And I remember looking over, and Doug winked at me and walked back to the huddle. So it was the same kind of thing, right? Like, those guys know <laughs> that if they get certain matchups and certain people in there, they're going to try to exploit that and see if they can catch So, did, so do you think he thought that you would know the play that was coming? No, but I think he thought he, thought he, he were, was going to get me on he it. He thought he would yeah, get he you on it. Because I think on film the week before, they ran, uh, the team, I think it was Birmingham, they ran a uh, a trap, and I, I fell for the leg. It's called a lag trap where the lineman fakes kind of going out to the outside and I ran with him and opened up a huge hole inside oh. so um, I remember talking to Rich Stubler who's a g- defensive genius he said listen if Calgary runs that same play but only out of one set and so that kind of caught my mind and I knew that going going into there if I got in that Doug was likely to, au- to audible out and run that play and sure enough he did so that's just part of the strategy. And he, and he gave you a wink. He gave me a wink. When I looked over at him, he winked at me and then walked so back. So he was acknowledging, okay, yeah, he Jack, was giving you, me a you, hard time. You, you and we talked homework. about it after. He goes, yeah, I thought we were going to get you on that trap. And I said, no, man, we, we worked hard on that during the week. How well, often would that be a conversation after the game when guys are shaking hands? In the ass? CFL, but quite often. You yeah. know, I remember uh, I met Todd Marinovich in BC that way. We played them in, um, I think it was 2000 or 2001, and we went across the street, and we all sat around, and I got to know him quite well. Very nice guy. But heard things from him that, you know, if I had never met him, I would never know, you know, like what it was like growing up under his dad and stuff like that. Because he had, his dad decided from when he was born, what he was gonna I'm going to make you, a, and, a le, and he left-handed, right? Didn't his dad kind of force him to be left-handed? Yep. And he never really made the NFL. No. I, think he, I mean, he played. Well, he but. had enough ch- chances, you know, but he was a really nice guy, very thoughtful, very artistic. Um great guy to spend time with and I really I thoroughly enjoyed him did you so. feel bad for him at all oh yeah because of, of his because of his parents I think he was a tortured soul you know yeah. and, uh, um, everybody else I've ever talked to that played with them or you know played against them said the same thing he was a good guy he just lost his way yeah and you think that was because of the parental pressure? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you can't, you, you get under somebody's thumb like that for so many years doing something yeah. and maybe not really enjoying it. It's bound to, to cause some problems. Which is interesting because so many people would think, God, it'd be great to be a pro athlete for it a would. living. Yeah, but unless but, deep down you really don't yeah. want to. I mean, you know what, if I had a nickel for every guy I ever played with that was completely gifted beyond belief but was completely miserable to even having to play, I'd be... Pretty wealthy. You know? Really, you see, you see, there's several yeah, players out there. There's a lot of guys like that that were really good but hated it, couldn't stand it. You know, wanted to do something else. Do you think so. it's worse in football than other sports? Just I think because it's, of I the... think it's universal. I think yeah. lots of guys have talent, and maybe for whatever reason they don't feel like they want to do anything else, and they just ride it out. But you know, I, I know there's lots of guys. Like I remember talking to Shane Corson back in the '90s when mm. he was here with the Oilers, and I knew a little bit about his anxiety before it, it came out. I mean, mm-hmm. he he hated it. He hated the 
He hated the the apprehension. He he was gifted, like he could play. He was all he was a captain for heaven's yep. sakes, right? But he just didn't like the the expectations, the the pressure that just got to him. It ate it up. It ate him up, and so he self medicated with alcohol right. or whatever else, right? So, yeah, there's lots of guys out there that are miserable. You just wouldn't ever know it by looking at them, you know. Jed Roberts is in studio, former Edmonton Eskimo, frequent guest here on Inside Sports, who we love having. Uh, we'll continue chatting about. Well, whatever. I didn't know we were going to go down that path, but that was pretty interesting. Of course, we'll get to some of his uh, keys to the Super Bowl and his prediction. Your texts for Jed are welcome to 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. You're listening to 630 Jed Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. So the Oilers have called up Tyler Benson and William Lagason from the Bakersfield Condors. Joachim Nygaard and Chris Russell have been placed on injured reserve. Nygaard, hand injury, blocked that shot against Calgary yesterday. Concussion protocol for Chris Russell. Jed Roberts, former Edmonton Eskimo, 1993 Grey Cup champion in studio. We often uh, bring Jed in to have some laughs. Tomorrow, Oilers and Blues. Uh, all fans in attendance can enter to win Connor McDavid's game-worn sweater Ooh. from tomorrow's game. They're going to be wearing the blue, the blue third jerseys, and you also get a meet-and-greet with McDavid nice. after the game. Did anybody uh, ever want your jersey, helmet, and gloves after a game, Jed? No, I'd have to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to pay them to take it. Right, you know? <laughs> I actually, uh, oddly enough, I bought a couple of my jerseys. Or actually, I, didn't, I don't even think I bought them. I think the guys just said, you know what, nobody knows who you are, so I'm just going to give you the jersey back. Oh, <laughs> Well, you wore 43, then 76? Yep. My dad wore 76 with Ottawa when he was with the Rough Riders, Ottawa Rough Riders. And uh, in my 10th year, actually, they changed the rule on special teams that if you're on punt team, you couldn't have an eligible number on the line. And I was playing left guard on punt Mm -hmm. right next to the uh, center. It's a long snapper. And so... Dwayne said, well, what number do you want if you can't have 43? And I said, well, I'll take 76 if it's available. I said, I don't, I don't expect you to give it to me because it was George McGowan's number, and they weren't really giving it out. Oh, okay. And uh, my dad went to Kansas with George. They knew he, they, Well, my dad was older, but they knew each other, and um, Dwayne, oddly enough, gave it to me, so I, I wore it. And then after I left, Randy Spencer took it the year after I left. So, All right, who we've had um, in as well. D- d- wearing 76 was really, really cool, you know, because that was... Uh, you know, my dad was still alive then, and he got to see me playing, and so that was, you know, I mean, I couldn't have, you know, scripted my career any better in terms of, like, playing 13 years and, you know, getting to do some of the things I got to do, so that was that was one of the highlights for sure. Yeah. What do you think of the Eskimos landing uh, Scott Milanovic as head coach? You know what? I think, <laughs> you know, I, I remember thinking, you know, boy, Brock sure got his work cut out for him, you know, because, uh, you know, I thought Jason had a good run here, but... You know, there were some things that he needed to work on, and you know, obviously the management felt the same way because they ended up letting him go. But uh, I was just looking around and I'm like, who do you bring in? Yeah, you know, and then when man. I heard they were bringing Milanovic in, I was just like, holy smokes, man, what a coup. Like, that was amazing. Like, that was probably, I, I was thinking, probably best-case scenario, one of the best guys he could have anywhere because him and uh, I think it's pretty well documented that him and uh, Chris Jones are very very close they're best friends and and they talk to each other quite often and so Scott Milanovic is to offense what Chris Jones is to defense so um, I'm excited you know I think that uh, you know it'll it'll pay off 
handsomely. And, and the only thing that concerns me right now at the CFL is they're, they've got this silly coaching cap where that's going to cause a bit of a brain drain. But also, if you want to be an optimistic, optimistic like I always am, it also creates opportunities for younger guys to come up and kind of carve their own niche out. You know, So yeah. I'm hoping maybe we can find somebody. You know, I'm just going to be curious to see what they do on the defensive side of things. You know? Well, they brought in Thorpe, right? Yeah, Thorpe is good. I, I really like him. I liked him when he was here before. And I think that the people that they've chosen to go with right now, I, I have nothing negative to say about any of them. I think they're all very highly qualified, and I think they're as good, if not better, than what we had before. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they had some... Uh, they could lose all three of those linebackers to free agency, which yeah. would be tough. Uh, but that's the nature be... of the beast, you know? Well, that, true. Yeah. It's funny. I, I don't know if you heard my interview with Ambrosi, Randy Ambrosi, from a couple of weeks ago, and I actually asked him about one-year contracts. If he has... And, and, and Jed, that was one of those questions where... Our, I realized he just might shut this down or think it's a stupid question. <laughs> yeah. But you know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. got to see. And he actually said that that might need to be discussed because yeah. you have so many players that are one and done in a city. Yeah. And you don't build up. Mm-hmm. Oh, getting to know a guy three, four. Yeah. Even we don't have, we won't ever have that again. I don't think, especially with the competition for players out there between the NFL and some of the other fledgling leagues that are keep, that keep cropping up every year. You know, two, one in a po- one in an option, a standard pretty much. Two in an option. I remember when I played, it was two in an option. Um, one in an option now is really a joke because if a guy actually does pretty well, the NFL comes calling, he's going to go down there anyway. Teams are just going to release him. So well, which they actually kind of are. You, you know, yeah, really are true. doing. I mean, if you really want to get you know, technical. If anybody's really, really good, they're going to end up going down there anyway. So it's a it's a different league, man. Different game, different times. You know, so uh, I wouldn't want to be. Actually, I kind of like the way Randy, Randy has tried to diversify the league's portfolio a little bit. Try to look elsewhere for talent because mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of different entities competing for talent in this continent. So he's looking around, and I, you know, it's kind of exciting to see what that'll bring. Did you so. negotiate your own contracts? I sure did. Yeah, um, you must have loved that. I did it. I pulled a Richard Sherman, but on a much, much smaller <laughs> all scale. The, all the bonuses? In 1998, <laughs> I ruptured my Achilles, came back halfway through the year in 99, and Tom Higgins said, I would like you to take the league minimum. And I said, I will sign your contract, but only with the understanding that if I play all my games and I don't miss any games, I make what I was making before. And he thought about it, and he was like, Okay, and I said, "So are you going to write that in?" He goes, "I'm not going to write it in. We'll just shake on it. If you play, if you make all, if you play all ten games, I'll pay you what you were making before. I'll just give you a bonus at the end of the year, and we shook on it. And I'll be damned if that's not what he did. He did. I played all ten games, and he gave me my bonus. Really? So, yeah. So I bet on myself. It was a huge gamble, but it paid off. Oh, Terrible God. contract. I mean, any agent would say that's dumb. <laughs> right. But, but I, I, I pulled it off. <laughs> we're going to spend a few more minutes with Jed Roberts after the 7:30 news. We'll look ahead to this Sunday's Super Bowl. Also in the next half hour, Stuart Skinner, goaltender for the Bakersfield Condors, American Hockey League Player of the Week, and uh, Skinner's teammate in Bakersfield, Tyler Benson, has been called up to the Oilers. We're coming right back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Raptors win 115-109 over Cleveland. Nine wins in a row for the Raptors. Canadians lead the Sabres 2-1 with three minutes left. Early in the third, it's 4-4. 
Predators and Devils. And in about, uh, well, actually in a few minutes, Kings and Coyotes will face off. The Coyotes a point behind the Oilers for third in the Pacific Division. The Oilers will have three games in hand on Arizona by the end of tonight's action. Very, very fun, very, very tight in the Pacific Division. Jed Roberts is in studio. Oh, and uh, the Oilers news today announced, well, it was announced during the show. Tyler Benson and William Lagason called up from the farm. Nygaard and Chris Russell on injured reserve. So uh, Tyler Benson could very well make his NHL debut this weekend. Some guests, like Jed on Inside Sports, get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics, spun with a modern twist. Jed, I got to say this about the NFL playoffs. There have been three winning teams in the playoffs whose quarterback has thrown for under 100 yards in their victory. Tannehill twice for the <laughs> Titans, and then Garoppolo in the NFC, what was mm-hmm. he, 6 for 8 for 77 yards? Like, what is this, 1953? I don't know. I mean, it's like Trent Delfer all over again, right? You know, they just let the defense stop the other team's offense and then just stay out of the way of the running game. Like, just manage the game. That's all that. Listen, we don't want you to do too much. Just take the football from the center, hand it to your running back, and just get out of the way. The interesting thing, though, the the Niners, and Tannehill's had some good games, but, like, the Niners can throw the ball. They can. But against the Packers, it was just... Yeah. Most are just running over. They have uh, Sanders, who's a pretty good good. receiver. You know, I'm a Broncos fan, so I was pretty sad to see him go, but excited to see him get his opportunity with San Francisco. Uh, They've got Kittle, who's probably the best young tight end. Very dynamic, very fast, very physical, very funny man after the game. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got a very good offensive line. They've probably got... You know, their offensive and defensive lines really set the, the tempo in the games that they play in. You know, they're very, very strong. That's their strength. You know, they got Staley, who's played for a million years at tackle. Um, you know, they, uh, they can throw. They just... Their bread and butter is just controlling the tempo and running, and they have a really good running game. They're very... Uh, the Chiefs don't do that very well. They don't stop the run very well, uh-huh. you know. Um, but then again, they don't really have to because their offense is so dynamic that they can just, you know, it's a track meet out there with Tyreek Hill, with uh, yeah. Kelsey, who's also the other really good tight end. Um, you know, you got the the running game that everybody knows about, the Chiefs can do. And then Mahomes, I mean, he's Brett, Brett Favre with legs, right? You know, and he can. Well, that touchdown he scored against yeah, the Titans where it looked like he was going to get sacked fair. and it like, looked like he was going to run out of bounds. <laughs> man, he's a cheat code, man. Like, he's just doing things that you just can't. You know, you don't see that every day. So, Well, that's what I wonder might be the difference because the Niners, they're, obviously they're very good. They're very fast. Both teams are well coached. And and I hate to say this because I, I, I know, I, I feel like I've come across as like disrespecting of Garoppolo and he's not as established as some other guys. And he had a couple of bad games this year, but he's had an outstanding season. But I still think looking at the Super Bowl, it's pretty even. But I think, well, drop Garoppolo, I'm comfortable saying he's a very good quarterback. But Mahomes is a great quarterback, mm-hmm. and I think if both defenses dial it in, Mahomes is the one who somehow will figure something yeah. out. Yeah, you know, and I think that anybody looking at it on paper would probably say the same thing, you know, because the Chiefs, while they are porous a little bit against the run, they do have the honey badger back there at safety, Tyrone Matthew. Matthew, yeah. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's an all-pro. They, uh... You know, they can stop you when they need to. You know, the, the Niners have Richard Sherman back there. They play that zone to perfection. They've got their own uh, all pros back there in the secondary. And, and Garoppolo really is the X factor in this. Everybody knows what Mahomes can do. But what's Mar- what's Garoppolo, Garoppolo going to do if 
the Chiefs start piling up points? I mean, are they going to be able to play catch-up football? I don't know. Nobody really knows this at this point because they haven't really seen that from him this year. You know, right? I, I can't think of a game. Went toe to toe with Breeze in New Orleans. Yeah, he did, game. and that's the that's the Garoppolo we're going to have to see on Sunday. Otherwise, it could get messy. You know, and uh, I expect it's going to be a very very good game. And I'm going to go against the grain here, um, and I'm going to predict that the 49ers are going to win. Give me a score. I'm going to say the 49ers will squeak it out 34-31. It'll be a track meet a little bit. I am taking Kansas City 35-30. I do think there will be points. There will be yeah. big plays. And no, I do think there will be big plays defensively too, yeah. sacks and mm-hmm. stuffs, but I just see you know, both offenses. Here's the other thing that kind of tipped it for me. It was Quan Alexander coming back. And playing, you mm-hmm. know, he uh, he gives them a dimension on defense that just, uh, you know, on Bosa on the edge there, they've got some guys on defense that can really set the, can turn the game on its ear, and it's it's just strength against strength, and it's it's I don't, you know, everybody's talks about the Patriots winning Super Bowls and all that, but I mean, this is probably one of the more intriguing match matchups I've seen in in recent years in my mind. Anyway, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm sure lots of Patriots fans out there will argue with me, but. Seeing these two teams, you know, Andy Reid, there's so many storylines out there. It's just, it's just an awesome game to watch, you know, and I'm really excited. This is the most excited I've been for Super Bowl in a long time. Well, I, I agree with you with the storylines because Mahomes is is thrilling to watch. Yeah. And then we, we talked about Garoppolo where he's been good, but we're still not sure. And with how long Andy Reid has been a good coach but hasn't been able to get over the hump. And yeah. the Niners have been... A pretty good franchise. I yeah. mean, what are they five and one all time in Super Bowls? Yeah. But they've also been what was it twenty twelve? I want to say they lost to yeah. Baltimore and then they kind of dropped off. And I and think the last time the Chiefs were again. in the Super Bowl, well, I was well, two 50, years 50 old. Fifty years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really so, good point. Yeah, you know, and and here's another one. I didn't bring this up. I should have talked about this earlier. But there's a little bit of an Edmonton connection in this game, and that the long snapper for the 49ers is Kyle Kyle Nelson, who uh, product of the University of New Mexico. He played fullback and tight end and quite a good uh, long snapper and he bounced around the NFL for a while got on with the Redskins and then he came to the 49ers so he's going to be in the big show so I'm sure his dad former uh, Edmonton Eskimos defensive coordinator Mark Nelson will be there and uh, you know he'll get to get the front row seat, seat to the show so I'll have to send him a message and ask him how it went after the fact but uh, that's pretty cool because the last time I saw Kyle he was probably 10 years old right. and they were living out in uh, St. Albert so oh, no way. Uh, pretty cool yeah yeah, well, I, I, I agree with you. I, th- I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I, I, I love watching Mahomes and, and, and Hill, and I got a couple of buddies that are really good 49ers fans, so I kind of feel like it'll be a, a satisfying result either way. Yeah. It's yeah, my it's, favorite team got eliminated. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, defensively how the Chiefs approach it, you know, because they're if Garoppolo can get um, to where he's can get some play action going, you know, the running game, because everybody knows what the Niners can do running the ball, but if they can get some play action in there, I think that they can really make the uh, the Chiefs pay, you know, because they're going to have to load the box to stop the run, and then it's going to be up to Garoppolo to kind of use his arm to figure it out because it's going to be a good game. You just don't know what's going to happen, right? Tell me about the impact the extra week of preparation has. I mean, oh, is huge, it just you know? like you're starting your game plan from zero yeah. almost? 
Well, I mean, as a player, you get that week to party. Like, <laughs> as far as prepping for the game, I mean, it's just another game, right? But uh, that extra week just makes you, it just allows for you to soak up the atmosphere. That's one of the tragedies, I think, in the CFL is that guys don't get to relax and enjoy it much. You know, mm-hmm. you go down there and it's business, right? Um, Super Bowl is a lot different. You get that extra week and it gives guys a chance to heal up if they got small nicks and bruises and it, it makes it a little bit of a chess match in terms of like who they're going to put in and who they might um, have ready and available to play. You know, they, they're they a little bit better about like, you know, the NHL, I always laugh, lower body injury. Well, that narrows it down to about, you know, 60% of <laughs> yeah, the surface area. And if you area, stand you know? straight up, your hands <laughs> yeah. are dangling Come below on, your waist, man. so it could you know, be a hand injury. They don't do that in the NFL, so you know exactly what's going on with those guys. You and I have talked a lot about film sessions, and, uh-huh. and you, we were talking a little bit about how you anticipated the play against Calgary in the 90s when you were playing. If you were going into the Super Bowl or the Great Cup, how many games back would you watch a team? Would you watch an entire season's worth, or would you stick to the last few games? Well, you know what? That's a great question because um, I think a lot of times it really personnel dictates how far back you go. Because I think, uh, like a lot of coaches, um, you know, the 49ers and the Chiefs, they they will play whatever they can according to who they have in their deck of cards, right? So, so if there's a player that was yeah, for the so, season I mean, week with, eight, with the Niners, say. they can play certain, they can do certain things now with Quan Alexander in there that they couldn't, you know, without him. Because I mean, the guy they have backing him up is nowhere near right. what he, you know, even with him being a little bit nicked up, it's, it's completely different. Okay. You can, you can do things defensively that you couldn't do before, right? So, um, you know, I would probably say with the Chiefs, if you're an offensive coordinator, you're probably looking about as far back as three or four weeks. You mm-hmm. know, maybe with the 49ers, I don't really think it matters. With the Chiefs, they haven't really played very good defense all year. Right. You know, so <laughs> you know you could take you could pick your poison there. So, Jed, it's uh, always a thrill to have you in studio. It's always fun and uh, informative to talk to you. Enjoy the uh, the two Oilers games. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, enjoy the northern chicken. Oh, I will. Trust me, the macaroni alone is worth it. <laughs> and we'll do this again soon. Yeah. That is former Edmonton Eskimo. Oh, what are you up to these days? I'm uh, working for an agency called Crossroads. I'm uh, working as a youth worker uh, in a ten, or sorry, six-bed program. Work with six really cool kids, and uh, they're boys ages uh, seven to fourteen. And you know, never the same day twice. And uh, you just never know what you're going to walk into when you come in there in the morning. So it's awesome. I always leave with a smile on my face, and that's all you really can ask for when you're working so that is jed roberts stewart skinner from the bakersfield condors when we get back inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by cam llp injury lawyers representing injured people in edmonton and across alberta since 1962 Man, that was fun to have Jed Roberts in studio. Classic guest here on Inside Sports. He's picking San Francisco 34-31. I'm going with the Chiefs 35-30. Kellen, what do you have? I'm going Chiefs 38, 49ers 34. 38-34. We all got pretty high scores. All mm-hmm. right, that'll be it's fun. It's going to be a high-scoring game. The Oilers have called up Tyler Benson and William Lagason going on to injured reserve. Joachim Nygaard with a hand injury, and Chris Russell goes into concussion protocol. The goaltender for the Bakersfield Condors is an Edmonton native, 
and he's the AHL Player of the Week. The Condors get back at it tomorrow. Please welcome to the show Stuart Skinner. Stuart, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Doing very well. It's nice to have you on the show again. Congratulations on being named Player of the Week in the American Hockey League. Man, it's some pretty impressive numbers. You were able to go 3-1, and one, a uh, nice gaudy save percentage as well of 946 over that four games. Tell me a little bit about the success you had last week. Yeah, it's uh, well. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, last few games, obviously, the past week, it's it's definitely an honor to, to uh, you know get the player of the week in the AHL. Um, you know, but that's exciting for the, the whole team because uh, that says a lot about how the guys are playing in front of me as well. So, um, you know, if one guy has a success, that means the whole team is obviously doing a great job. So. I got to give all the credit to the guys in front of me. You know, they're doing a heck of a job and, you know, they're battling and fighting. And, um, you know, that's a key to a successful season. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and you're playing a lot this year for uh, for the Condors. Last year, most of your starts were in the ECHL. I think you just had three appearances in Wichita this year. And, uh, you know, like I said, 30 appearances with the Condors. So, you, so you've kind of been you've kind of been the guy. Tell me about contrasting this year to last year. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, last year, obviously, uh, played majority of the year in the ECHL, which was uh, which was a really good learning experience for me, and uh, had a lot of fun down there too. Last year, um, didn't get a ton of action in the AHL last year, but uh, I did get some uh, experience, which was great. And then obviously coming into this year, um, Shane got injured pretty early in the season, which is which is really tough to see. Um, but, you know, that also gave me an opportunity to uh, get on the ice and play some more games. So, you know, I've just been trying to take it and trying to stick with it, play my game, you know, be who I am and, uh, you know, work my hardest. So it's been it's been a grind for sure. It's been a battle, and uh, but it's been also a lot of fun, and I've, I've enjoyed playing a ton of games. I mean, my experience in the past has always been, you know, playing quite a few games, so um, you know, I feel right where I should be, and uh, you know, I just I, I want to just keep playing games. So it's been fun. <laughs> what do you think the biggest transition has been over the last couple of years, going from the WHL, ECHL, AHL? I mean, I know there's more more talent, and and every time you move up the the ladder, are there any little subtle details that you've had to adjust to as well? Um, I mean, living on your own uh, obviously is a big one. You know, I'm. I'm learning how to cook some food, uh, some good, some good food, uh, I might add. And uh, so you kind of just start learning about who you are, and you know you got to live on your own, take care of some people. Uh, you got to start learning how to pay your bills and all that stuff. So um, that's kind of been uh, you know subtle little things. That's just part of growing up for everybody. So um, obviously in junior you get a you, you have a bill that you kind of get taken care of, and now it's you know you're taking care of yourself and. Uh, it's been and it's been great. I mean, I've been I've been enjoying it uh, every single second of it. So that's a big thing. Uh, I think a bigger thing of uh, the whole, you know, going from junior to pro is I think you start learning a lot about yourself and who you are as a person and also as a player. And uh, you know, you know, that could be uh, in so many different uh, different things. Kind of just depends who you are. And for me, you know, it's been it's just been a really huge. Uh, huge adjustment of just learning you know who i am as a person and and uh you know how i conduct myself around the rink and you know coming to work every day and kind of putting on the work boots uh with your teammates and how you just how you are in general so it's been 
you know it's been a lot it's been a big difference from junior to pro but it's also been uh, an incredible experience and i've i've loved every second of it well, that's a very well-thought-out answer, very well said, Stuart. And I also like what you said at the beginning, that you're learning how to cook good food, not just food, because there is a big difference. <laughs> I hear you there for sure. <laughs> Stuart Skinner, goaltender for, the, goaltender for the Bakersfield Condors, joining us tonight on Inside Sports, Player of the Week in the American Hockey League, and, of course, uh, an Edmontonian. How often, and, and I know, you, you know not just your parents, but you got lots of siblings as well, how often do uh, does a family member or two get to see you play in person? Have there been some trips down to Bakersfield this year? Uh, not this year, no. Uh, not a lot last year either because last year was a little bit tougher because you kind of didn't know where I was going to be. Um, but this year, uh, it's a little bit more stable. So actually, my parents are going to be coming up, uh, I think, sometime in February. Uh, but yeah, I haven't really seen a lot of them lately. Uh, they, they usually just kind of watch in, in, in our living room on the big TV uh, together. They usually huddle up and play some cards and just watch me play and uh, I always get taxed back and forth and they're always watching me and always supporting me so it's um, you know I love them to death so uh, it's been good and obviously like having a lot of siblings it's kind of tough to get everybody out here and um, so it's kind of you know they have their lives too and they got some work that they got to take care of and so on so on so uh, haven't been able to see them a lot but uh, hopefully I get to see them pretty soon I think we're trying to plan something out Right on. Okay. I want to ask you about, well, he's no longer a teammate. He's with the Edmonton Oilers. That's Kyler Yamamoto. He got his fourth goal last night for Edmonton. The Oilers are 6-2-1 and one in the nine games he's played. Uh, you would have got to know Kyler a little bit over the last couple of years. Just what do you, what do you think about him jumping right onto the Oilers' second line and, and being pretty effective there? Uh, well... He's such an amazing guy. I mean, everybody, everybody down here, you know, we all got to know him pretty, pretty well. And I've known him a little bit longer, uh, so I've, uh, you know, I've gotten to experience everything about him. He's, he's one of the best guys, and um, you know, from the success he's been having, and just the Oilers in general that's been having since he's been up there. All of us down here talking to each other, and just you know, big smiles on our faces, just super, super happy for his success. And, um, you know, I'm just so happy for him. He's a guy who really deserves it. He's a guy who just, he's such a positive, uh, positive guy to have around the room. Such a great teammate who, you know, really cares for you. And, you know, he asks you how, how you're doing, even though that, you know, he's, he's a great hockey player. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, talk to everybody and be a really good guy, but he's one of those guys. So he's, um, yeah, he's where I'm, I'm just so happy, uh, that he's up there and he's doing well and he's having fun up there. So I'm just, uh, I'm super, super excited for him. Right on. Well, Stuart, exciting for you as well. Again, congratulations on being Player of the Week. Continued success with the Condors, and I'm sure we'll check in again soon. Thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, that's Stuart Skinner, Edmonton native, goaltender for the Bakersfield Condors. Another Edmonton native has been called up by the Edmonton Oilers. That is Tyler Benson, second-round draft pick by the Oilers in 2016. Maybe, maybe he makes his NHL debut tomorrow against the St. Louis Blues. It's on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 5. The game will start at 7.30. William Lagason also called up. We've seen him play a few games for the Oilers earlier this season. Chris Russell goes to injured reserve. He's in concussion protocol. And Joachim Nygaard also goes to injured reserve. Hand injury. You probably saw him get hurt blocking a shot with about five seconds left in the first period last night against the Calgary Flames. It's, well, it's exciting. You know, Yamamoto's been looking good. Another top performer from the farm.
comes up. Hopefully Benson can make an impact as well. Canadians have beaten the Sabres 3-1. It's 5-5, Predators and Devils with seven minutes left in the third. Halfway through the first period, Kings lead the Coyotes 1-0. Raptors win again 115-109 over the Cavaliers. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will talk to you from Studio 99 tomorrow. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.